0: Todd's Road Campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. It's a trend in our society to want to be the favored one, whether it's some competition, um, some field of play, whatever it might be, you want to be the favored one. Well, the Kentucky Derby was held a few weeks ago, and there was a favored one, tis the law. Uh, But tis the law, the favorite didn't win, of course. And then there was recently the favorite of the Professional Golfers Association to win the FedEx Cup. And Dustin Johnson, the number one in the world, the favored one, did indeed win. Uh, Yes, he did. So to be the favored one can mean a lot of prestige, and power, and position. Now, um, tonight, the Emmys will be held, the honors of the television world, and there are some favored uh, ones to win in different categories, and we'll see whether favorites win or not. But we cherish that role in our society to be the favorite one. But you know, this idea of being favored goes way, way back to the beginning of time. The story of Adam and Eve and their sons Cain and Abel. Abel's offering to God was the more favored offering, and that led to a jealous brother killing his brother over that competing to have the best offering kings and pharaohs to the ages had their favorite servants and in the new testament and even in the scripture right after the scripture read today of John the mother of James and John approached Jesus asking for the favored place at the table She said, Lord, let one of them sit at your right and one of them sit at your left. The audacity of this mother uh, to ask Jesus of that. Well, throughout the Old Testament and into the New, we find that the Jews felt they were the favored people. God said so. God called Abraham and sent him out to form a people, and they would be his favored people. So yes, they would feel favored. God blessed them over and over. God bailed them out of trouble over and over. God rescued them over and over, and God enabled them to win war after war. So yes, the Jewish people felt favored indeed and so to these highly favored people matthew writes his gospel and he tries to make very clear what jesus thinks about all this favoritism matthew records records many many uh, far, uh, parables and stories And the last verse of the 20th chapter of Matthew that was read today, the 16th verse, Jesus starts off with this thought. The last will be first and the first will be last. Matthew is recording how Jesus taught his followers then and now what to think about what it means to be a follower of Jesus In verses 26 and 28, immediately following of the Matthew 20 passage for today, Jesus says, "'Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, "'and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. "'For even the Son of Man,' meaning himself, "'for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others.'" and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is telling his followers, Jesus is telling the Jews of his day, you must become a slave. And they're saying and thinking, "Uh uh-uh, I don't think so. Been there, done that in Egypt. We remember slavery. It wasn't good. We don't want any more of it. This is a major wow indeed that Jesus would say to these favored people, if you really want to be a part of my kingdom, you've got to be a servant, a slave. You've got to put others before yourself. And they're thinking, just who does this guy Jesus think he is anyway, coming to tell us that we need to be servants? Well, they were thinking, I don't think so. And is any wonder to us that they would crucify Jesus for saying and making such audacious statements as that? Well, this uh, this story today about the last will be first and the first will be last is the message of the vineyard and the vineyard workers. Yes, the laborers who had worked since dawn got there wages, and the one who rolled into the vineyard in the very last hour got the same wage. And our children's sermon illustrated this about how would you feel if you'd done all your chores, a bunch of them, and then your brother or sister or someone else did did just one chore, but they got rewarded in the same kind of way. So the workers who had been there all day long complain to the landowner. What do you mean? What do you mean giving them the same amount of wage? And Jesus said, well, you got put up. Jesus is telling about the landowner. The landowner said, well, you got what I promised you. You got the full day wage. What are you griping about? He said, can't I be generous? Can't I be gracious to those? Anybody I want, even the last one, that comes into the vineyard to work. Well, uh, set up quite a a scenario indeed. And the landowner says, I choose to be generous to all the workers. Well, from this this passage, this parable, the story that Jesus told, we can find some very important lessons. And one of them is that All are welcome in his kingdom and all are welcome at his table. The early takers and the late comers. A day's wage for all of them. Jesus reached out to all kinds of people. He reached out to the Gentiles and the Jews said, yuck, why would you do that? He reached out to the women of the street And the Pharisees said, oh, no, not them. He reached out to the lepers. Spare me, Jesus, would be the words of the townspeople. He reached out to the sick and lame that everybody else seemed to ignore. It just amazes me more and more as I study Scripture, how in your face, Jesus' message was then And still is now. How dare you reach out to those people, to them? Jesus was telling the favored Jews that these outcasts would get the same reward a place at the table, a place in the kingdom. His grace and His forgiveness was available. To everyone. Well, another lesson I think from this story is not only did Jesus choose to reach out and include all, but He expects us to be gracious to those to whom He has extended grace. He expects His church, He expects His followers then and now to be gracious like He was. Welcome them, receive them, include them as a part of your family. Now, the early church had a major conflict over this. In the 15th chapter of Acts, we find that there was a big uh, big summit at Jerusalem over how to treat the non-Jews, the Gentiles, the others. And many felt, well, you got to become a Jew first to get into the door of the kingdom <laughs> You've got to do those things. Everybody had to be circumcised first before you could become a Christian. They felt that people had to get cleaned up, drilled in the law, pay their dues like they had before they could have a place in the kingdom. And they argued and argued about that. Peter argued for inclusion. Finally, and Paul or... Argued for inclusion and then finally James stood up and said we do need to include everyone and not lay down this unnecessary requirement to become a Jew before you can become a Gentile and aren't all we glad that uh, they made that decision as well in the 15th chapter uh, of Acts the 11th verse Peter says, we believe that we all are saved by the same grace, by the same way, by the undeserved grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there's another story in scripture that comes to mind as I think about this. I think about God's vision in in the 10th chapter of Acts to Peter and he's on his roof and this sheep descends with all these animals in it and, and uh, the spirit says rise and eat and Peter protests, he said oh no I, I'm a good Jew I'd never eat that animal, I'd never do this uh uh-uh, uh no I, I never have never will but then there comes a messenger from Cornelius the Roman uh, soldier's house saying come, come visit me so uh, Peter gets up and goes to visit Cornelius. And uh, this is another big (laughs) no-no. To associate a Jew, to associate with someone not a Jew, to even enter their house, was a major no-no. We don't mix with them, was the message of that day. But there are two verses or so in the 10th chapter of Acts that I want to read. In the 10th chapter, verse 28, Peter told them, you know, it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone, anyone as impure or unclean. Wow, a lifetime of teaching. And God, through his vision and spirit, taught Peter to not look down his nose at anybody else and to throw open his arms and welcome all into the kingdom. And then in verses 34 and 35, then Peter replied, I see very clearly now that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. God shows no partiality. Yes, yes, the Jews were a favored people. And yes, anybody and everybody that God has created is favored as well. So what do we make of this scripture today? How can we apply it? How can we use it? Maybe uh, maybe we've been in organizations, civic groups, and worked very hard for years, and then enrolls in in, in comes into our group a, a, a newcomer, and immediately they jump up to some of the highest positions. Well, who do they think they are? I've slaved around here, worked around here for years. Um, sometimes even in the church that happens. We've worked in the church all our lives. We've been there every Sunday. We've been to Sunday school, Bible study, check off the list. And then somebody new comes in from out of town and everybody makes over them like they're God's own people. What's going on here? Um, I've been around a while, a lot of churches. I've seen it. So we have to seek to apply the story of the vineyard to our own lives we have received a worker slot in the vineyard so hopefully we will rejoice when others come and want to labor along with us we have been blessed time and time again surely we don't begrudge someone else from receiving this blessing do we Even those who look different from us, still God created them. We have been forgiven over and over, grace upon grace. Surely we want all God's people to have this grace, don't we? Yes, this is the way of Christ. This is the way of the Messiah. To reach out with open arms and embrace all, all God's people as a part of his family and welcome at his table. Yes, we're favored by God. And yes, everybody else that God has created can be favored and want to be favored. And God wants to favor them as well. All have a place at the table. We are about to receive Holy Communion. We receive it that God has included us and welcomes us. And may we also receive it, that and it's extended and offered to all who will come to Him and receive His grace and our grace to them as well. Let us pray. Holy God, thank you for these valuable and important passages of Scripture that continue to teach us life lessons. As Jesus was inclusive and all gracious years ago, and as he taught his disciples then, and teaches those of us who would be his disciples now, may we be gracious to all as he was. May we, the church, extend grace to all as he did. May we open up the table and welcome all to come as he has welcomed us to come. For it's in the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen.